As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. On this particular day, at the end of the work week, mid-month, the sky is a little darker than normal. Hellboy has been tasked with checking out some weird goings-on at a local summer camp. Many reported dead. Supernatural causes are assumed. Walking past a campfire, Hellboy sees a menacing lone figure staring out at the lake. Hey! Hellboy calls out. Come here! I want to talk to you! The figure does not move. Come on, man, I got some drinking to go do still tonight. With the mention of Vice, the interest of the figure is caught, and the hockey mask Jason Voorhees slowly turns around to face his new foe. Hellboy recognizes that it's time to fight, and tonight, all hell is about to break loose. It's Camp Crystal Lake versus BPRD. It's Hockey Mask versus Big Fist. It's Jason Voorhees versus Hellboy as Shocktober begins on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comics, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gadsy, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, the one and only, Ray Stekanis. Thank God. I know, right? It's that magical time of the year again when Who Would Win enters the scary, terrifying, and horrifying land known as Shocktober. Check out the Who Would Win store for our new Shocktober shirt design, by the way. And is as typical with Shocktober, the Who Would Win show brings you the first matchup, which pits two iconic hellish characters in an equally hellish matchup. In one corner, we have Jason Voorhees, everyone's nightmare of summer camp come to life, who is back for a redemption matchup. Versus Hellboy, the smart-ass devil-looking hero who fights the supernatural, as usual. I did the patented Who Would Win Google test just to see how many times this matchup has been discussed. And to no one's surprise, it has been discussed literally thousands, possibly millions of times. But it has yet to come to a decisive conclusion. A conclusion that the Who Would Win show alone can provide. I gotta find out, Ray, what are your thoughts on today's matchup? You also buried Hellboy is also in a redemption match here today as well. So this is a double redemption match. To kick off Shocktober, that's the way we want to go. And this new t-shirt, you know, you mentioned it briefly, but if you go to Who Would Win store right now, there is available our new Shocktober Who Would Win design, which features the Michael Myers versus the Predator matchup from last year. And it's a pretty cool design, pretty cool shirt. And if you're enjoying the season, you may want to be a part of it. WhoWouldWinStore.com, that's how you pitch. Well done, Ray. Now, look, uh, we got to talk about something. Ray, you and I have been here before. This is not our first dance. I'm talking, of course, about something very, very special. Look, I've won two out of the past three seasons of the Who Would Win show. Somehow, I know, I'll keep going. Somehow, I've kept Santa Claus undefeated against the likes of Kylo Ren, Ghost Rider, and even Galactus. 
And I just won Showdown September in an epic comeback where I was down two fights to zero. But none of that matters, Ray. Um, I want the ultimate victory for the Who Would Win show. You know what I'm talking about. I want that four freaking wins in a row. It's eluded me for all now almost four seasons. And what makes this even worse is that you've actually got four wins in a row. I hate to say it, I've but you it before, did it. Yeah, yeah I, it's just it's not it's not sitting well with me. So, I, Ray, I got one question for you. The pressure's on. How freaking hard are you going to fight in today's battle to make sure I don't get the win? I know, already know you're not going to get the win because I'm better than you. But the point I would make here is that you keep coming so close, James. One, two, three in a row, and then you drop the ball. You drop it like it's a bowling ball during a bocce session. It just, it's too heavy, James. The weight of this moment is too heavy for you. You don't want it the same way I want to stop you from getting it. You know what, Ray? Here's the deal. You want to win. I want to win. And... I want this, I think, just a little bit more than you do, and that's why I'm so excited, because we have a judge like no other. We have a judge that speaks their mind, is insanely intelligent, sees things from angles that no one else could see, and it's someone, Ray, that you know insanely well. So without further ado, let me introduce this amazing person. Making a second appearance on The Who Would Win Show, it's TV writer extraordinaire, one of the stars of knowing is half the podcast. Oh, yes. It's Gina Ippolito. Gina, welcome back to the Who Would Win Show. Oh, thank you. Ray's been asking me for quite a while to come back, and I just wanted to get him to shut up. So here I am. <laughs> okay, I so was really hoping, Gina, that you would come on the show with a heck of a lot less on the line. This is mostly <laughs> upsetting, because if there's anybody out there who wants to stick it to me more than, any, more than James, more than any fan... It's TV's Gina Ippolito. So not only do I have to pitch a near-perfect game today, I have to convince you of something you should be convinced of anyway, but you have to work against your better nature and give me today's victory. It's an uphill battle that I'm ready to face. To be fair, I am impartial because I hate you both equally. That's fair. That might be true. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> you've, made, you've made no uh, no bones about it. It's quite clear. There's no ambiguity. Yeah, that's uh, we both know where we're coming from. With that being said, I don't care because I got to tell you, there's something about you, Gina. There's just the way you approach things that I find insanely refreshing. Oh, no, it's not that at all. It's that you hate Ray. That's all it is. I absolutely think that's fantastic. Now, before we get into how much you hate Ray for today's episode, everything you do is super successful. Tell our fan base, the Legion of Audience, if you wouldn't mind, what you're up to. Oh, I've got uh, two animated series currently in development. Uh, that So with the pace of animation, you should look forward to seeing that in the year 2093. Fair. And uh, yeah, pitched another animated series just the other day. Uh, so yeah, and maybe have a, comic, a new comic book in the works as well. So yeah. Very cool. Is this a comic book con continuation? From your previous work? Or is no, this a brand no, new it's effort? a it's a brand new one. It's a very early stages, but a brand new one. Does it star Race to Canis as the villain? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a team of unlikely superheroes band together based on their common foe. Who's who turns out it's everyone's common foe, Race to Canis. That's fair. That is that is a common thing. Now, Gina, back to the episode uh, at hand here. You know, you, you've seen Ray up close and personal. I'm sorry about that, by the way. In all the episodes you've done of Knowing South Podcast, a fantastic show. Our entire fan base, if you don't already know it, go out, check it out, subscribe, give it a five-star rating. It's amazing. What are the actual challenges of coming on to the Who Would Win show and trying your best to be impartial to Ray? Look, I know how you feel about me. I totally accept it. That's cool. <laughs> I can work with that. But how do you stay a neutral, fair judge knowing that race to Canis could possibly benefit from something you're going to do today? I mean, it's going to be hard. I, I'm going to I'm going to dig down deep. I'm going to have to resist the urge to correct him when he's wrong and to fight <laughs> his battle for him. Because on on uh, knowing is half the podcast, there's a lot of me interrupting Ray to correct him when he's wrong and to fight his battles for him. So the fact that I can't do that today will be the hardest part of that, actually. 
You can do half of it because you're the judge. You have ultimate power. You can interrupt wherever you want. Um, mm. Yeah, just putting that out there. Gina, if you as there. judge today would like to interrupt my points to insert better points that you will agree with, I am 100% in favor of it. Let me put that on the table right now. All right, listen, we have an amazing episode. We've got Gina Ippel over here to judge. We've got Ray repping Jason Voorhees. I'm repping Hellboy. Let's get this party started. With all that being said, Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing horror cinema, the slasher who might have an impressive body count, but never once have I seen him stop a shot on goal, Jason Voorhees. And representing Dark Horse Comics, the demon who believes in justice so much, he only orders his alcohol on the rocks. You know, just ice. Hellboy. Oof, can I vote against you right now? (laughs) And we're ready to go to the decision. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Air quotes usage right now. Well done, Ray. Before we go any further, though, let's go over the official rules of a who would win match, which are brought to you by Ethos Life Insurance, one of our great sponsors. Now, rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the who would win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. All right, what version, Ray, of Jason will you be using today? I'm using the canon version of Jason Voorhees. It's pretty much sticking with the movies of Friday the 13th, although they did make a lot of comic books, which are part of the mythos as well, that I plan on dipping into. Interesting. Okay, so look, Hellboy's appeared in live action, animation, uh, video games, all that being said, I gotta go with the comic book version. There's just so many insane feats. It, it got, I gotta be me. That Hellboy's done. Yeah, using the comic book version. All right, rule number four. Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are long established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed. We'll be given less weight. Rule number five. The winner of the debate is whoever the judge decides has the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal, and where no attack or threat can be made for at least two minutes. And where no outside interference is allowed. And finally, rule number six, the judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. There you go. Those are the rules. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Hoodwin store to get your very own Hoodwin merchandise and accessories. Go to hoodwinstore.com to get your hands on some Hoodwin merch and specifically get our brand new Shocktober t-shirt design, Michael Myers versus the Predator. Get yours today. Be the envy of everyone in your neighborhood. Wear it for Halloween and just be that awesome. Thank you very much. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes you know, and villains. Let's keep it real and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 
And now, let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details for Jason. Jason Voorhees is the supernatural, homicidal, maniac star of the Friday the 13th movie series. He was created by Victor Miller, Ron Kurz, uh, Sean S. Cunningham, and Tom Savini, and first appeared in the movie Friday the 13th back in 1980. Jason was notably played by Kane Hodder, I mentioned because he's awesome. Young Jason was a mentally handicapped boy who was the son of a cook at a summer camp. While the counselors, who were supposed to be looking after him, left to go fool around, Jason ended up drowning in a lake. After his mother went on a revenge quest, Jason made his big splash in Friday the 13th Part 2 through the present day. Jason has undergone a transformation from mere serial killer to demonic entity and even more than that. And when he's on the scene, you can bet many bodies will in fact hit the floor. Fun fact, Jason has underwent many transformations, but a recent comic book now ties him into the world of the evil dead? Yes? In the comic book miniseries, Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash, it is heavily implied that Jason's mother, Pamela, used the Necronomicon, Book of the Dead for those who know, to resurrect young Jason in the first place. That would explain both how he came back and also how he came back both evil and dead. That is Jason Voorhees. Interesting, because I think I read an interview with someone from that the Evil Dead franchise when they said, listen, we can't officially say it's part of canon, but wow, do we ever love that idea? So I think it's kind of officially somehow connected. It's officially unofficial. I don't think for legal reasons they can say it, but like they literally go to get the Necronomicon and heavily imply it in that comic book series. So like you make your own judgments, but they want you to make that judgment. Very cool. All right, now here are the details for Hellboy. Hellboy, whose real name is Anung Unrama, was created by Mike Magnola and first appeared in Dime Press Comics number four back in March of 1993. Hellboy is a Cambion, which is a half-human and half-demon hybrid type of person. Hellboy was conceived on October 5th, 1574. His mother, Sarah Hughes, a human woman and a witch, was on her deathbed and gained her powers for being a consort of the archdemon, Azale, an Archduke of Hell, and Hellboy's biological father. That's really hard to say, by the way. That's why I just slowed that down. The demon-slash-witch-child, known as Hellboy, is eventually summoned to Earth in the final months of World War II by the mad monk Grigory Rasputin, having been commissioned by the Nazis to change the tide of a losing war by bringing in some type of supernatural weapon. As a direct result of this ritual, the demon-child appears on Earth in a fireball on December 23rd, 1944. Proving not to be a devil, in the traditional sense at least, but a devil-like creature, the child was dubbed Hellboy by Professor Trevor Broom Brutenholm and was taken in by the United States Armed Force to an Air Force base in New Mexico. Given as normal of a childhood as possible, Hellboy grows up to become a living oxymoron, a sick-looking hero who is a force for good with an iron reel and a desire to do the right thing. And here's an interesting fact about Hellboy. Did you know that Hellboy's favorite food is pancakes? It's true. In a 1999 comic, the story of a young Hellboy is told where he's called in for breakfast. Wanting his usual hot noodles, he's instead presented with a stack of pancakes. Like any little kid would do, Hellboy claimed he didn't like pancakes despite never trying them. Hellboy finally gives in, however, and tries them, and it turns out he loved them. This newfound love of flapjacks is very much to the hilarious dismay of demon lords residing in Pandemonium, the capital city of Hell. The demons claim that after eating pancakes, Hellboy shall never stray from the side of mortals, which is a tragic loss for the cause of evil. There you have it. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Gina, do you have any questions before we get started? No, I think I'm I think I'm good. Very cool. All right, Ray. I need that four wins in a row. No, Let's don't. get this part. Yes, I do, sir. Go ahead and hit us with your point number one. Point number one for Jason Voorhees. I want to talk about the pure strength that Jason Voorhees shows on a moment-to-moment -moment basis. You know, even at his lowest power, we're talking Friday the 13th, 2, 3, and 4, he was able to smash through doors. He's able to smash through walls. He's able to just kick and push and shove his way through any kind of an artifice that puts himself and the victim on opposite sides of a wall. He, you know, punches through walls to grab people and choke them out. This is what he does. We've seen him actually take spear guns ram somebody through, lift them up in the air, oftentimes with one hand, like it was absolutely no big deal at all. And when he gets his hands on you, his grip-like strength is some of the most incredible I've ever seen in fiction. If he gets a hold of your skull, 
He can crush your skull with his bare hands, just turns it into fine paste right there on screen. One time, he grabbed two people's skulls, smashed them together so hard that, like, both skulls disappeared. He hits you with an insane level of force that, quite honestly, even a character like Hellboy is going to get staggered by or worse. Who can forget the great moment in that opus of cinema, Friday the 13th, Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan, you know, the one where he ends up in Manhattan only 10 minutes before the end of the movie. Anyway, he was fighting against a trained boxer on the roof of a building, and what did he do? One shot punches the boxer and knocks his head clean off and off the building, dozens and dozens of feet away. Just one punch takes out a professional boxer's head. That's insane, and that's just with his bare hands. Let's face facts. Jason is going to use weapons. He's a big fan, not just of using weapons, but also environmental actions as well. My favorite kill in all of Jason movies was Jason X when he's on the space station in space and there is a whole like sink of liquid nitrogen and he grabs the person, apparently knows what liquid nitrogen is, dunks her face into it, holds it there till she drowns and then smashes it on the counter destroying her. This is a guy who knows how to use his environment exceptionally well, but can use weapons too. We've seen him obviously use a machete, but a lot of people forget spear guns, axes, hammers, meat cleavers, anything that is sharp or blunt. So basically sharp or not sharp. He can kill with it. And he doesn't just do that. He can kill with it easily in one swing. In one of the comics books, he took his machete, cut through two human beings, cut him in half with one swing and the tree that they were standing in front of just took one shot, took out all of the above, didn't even break a sweat. This is a guy who, once he puts his full strength into something, whatever gets hit goes away. We've seen him in later movies, flip cars. He lifted a 10-ton boiler off of himself with minimal problems. What is Hellboy possibly going to do? Because Hellboy likes to attack you with his strength and uses impressive and imposing physical abilities against you. Well, what is Hellboy possibly going to do when he matches somebody who's stronger than he is? The answer is go down in the month of Shocktober. And that's my point number one. You know, this is interesting where you're using strength of Jason, but you're starting off, you know, from the first Friday the 13th film and going all the way to Jason X, right? Which is interesting. The I think the most powerful version of Jason. Now, Jason X, he's definitely very powerful. But to say he's more powerful than Hellboy, someone, which I'll go into more detail later, who can pick up trees. It's an understatement, I know. When he can pick up a tree and throw it through the head of a giant monster that's dozens and dozens of yards away, or pick up a giant monster for that matter, yeah, I think the strength is actually going to favor um, uh, Hellboy in this one. But a couple of quick questions. Jason has ripped a tree out of the ground and thrown <clears throat> it like a javelin as well. I don't know what you're talking about right now. I'm using words. That's what we're doing. Speaking of words, <laughs> well, use know. the word artifice. Can you define that for me, please? Sure. An artifice is a thing <laughs> in the dictionary. Can you use that in a sentence? Sure. One time I used the word artifice in a sentence. <laughs> Can you use that as a preposition? Sure. Artifice. Get me a hamburger. Wow, that's nice. I've never taken a class in English grammar, by the way. True fact. So I have no idea if that's right or wrong. It shows. All right. That's fair. Now, listen, all this is great. But again, you're kind of underestimating what Hellboy is and what he can do. And let me kind of get to all of that in my point number one, where let's just kind of go over the powers of Hellboy, what he brings to the table. So remember, this is someone who has that Cambian physiology. He's part demon, he's part witch. That's really, really cool. And he's got superhuman abilities, which stem from this both demonic and witch kind of biology mixed together. So as a result, he's got this superhuman strength. He's tossed opponents weighing thousands of pounds, and when he's tossed them, he's hurled them a far distance, like over a football field you know, long. It's crazy. Again, a large broken tree, thrown it at a giant, impaled it through his head threw a harpoon, threw a monster along with a ship mast, picked up a ship mast through that as well. That kind of weighs more than the average tree. He lifts massive chunks of rubble that are bigger than cars, picks them up and throws them at his opponents and crushes people with them. This guy's insanely, insanely strong. He's also got superhuman speed, although this is, let's not call it flash speed or anything like that. He let's does not. move much faster than a peak human, which is really cool. I'd say he's kind of Spider-Man level speed, which is really fast. 
He's pursued vampires who are moving at full speed and they're dodging around outside a castle. He's able to keep up with them. Let's see. He's able to disappear in front of people and reappear behind them. People think he teleports. It's not that. He just moves that fast, much faster than the eye can see. This is something that Jason is not going to be expecting. He can dodge bullets, arrows, magical energy blasts. I'm telling you, this guy's fast. He's got superhuman reflexes. They're far greater than any normal human being. I've already said that. He can catch a demon when it turns into a fly and is moving around super fast. He knows how to see it and catch it super quick. He's also reacted several floating heads at once. Like if it's a thing, creature with floating heads coming at him, he gets out of the way and attacks him. You can't catch this guy by surprise. He's got superhuman agility. Let's see. He's got crazy coordination and balance. He's dodged attacks from giant werewolves, entire armies of zombies. He can dodge lightning bullets and lasers. And these lasers were clocked. I don't know why this is a fact, but the lasers he dodged were clocked at moving 30 times the speed of sound. That's nutty. He's got superhuman durability. He can shown to be uh, able to withstand wounds that would be fatal ordinary humans without being capacitated. He recovers from injuries super fast. Why? Healing factor. You gotta love it. It's been said it's almost like a Wolverine-like healing factor. Good luck keeping this guy down. Impale him with something? Good luck. He's super durable. But even if you do, not a problem. He'll actually take the thing out, heal up, and he's good to go. He's he's withstood high-caliber bullets, exposure to extreme temperatures, falls from great heights. Give this guy a beating, he gets up, and he's good to go. That is if you can get him close enough and actually give him a beating without him hurting you first. Let's see. He can. Uh, he's impervious to fire, lightning, all these types of electrical attacks. This guy's crazy. Let's see. He can fall thousands of feet and walk off like it's nothing, shake off injuries after being crushed and beaten by you know large giants. Again, this guy's insanely, insanely durable. Uh, he's got superhuman stu- stamina. He can fight at full blast for days on end. He's got enhanced sight. He's got accelerated healing. I've already mentioned that. By the way, fun fact... It's theorized that he's pretty much immortal because death has said you have a, yeah, death, the embodiment of death said you have this mission that you have to fulfill where he's going to take the denizens of hell and lead them over the earth. It's kind of a weird thing. Anyway, death says until you fulfill that mission, I'm not going to allow you to die. So good luck actually killing this guy. All of this is crazy. All of this is stuff that Jason has not encountered. Listen, he's done some really, really cool stuff. Taking on something like Hellboy, not even close but Hellboy is taking on people like Jason. I'll talk about more about that later. That's my point number one. I mean, you're overstating a heck of a lot right there. Is he a bit strong? Yes. Is he a bit durable? Eh. He has a healing factor, but he's not necessarily the most durable character. The thing that kept coming up in my counter research over and over again is normal standard attacks that hurt humans also hurt Hellboy. He feels pain. He will get knocked down. He will get injured. He will have to recover over a period of time. It's not like you can just cut off his head and he'll be back within two minutes. Hellboy will take a while to come back from those types of injuries, the ones that Jason Voorhees tends to inflict the most. And you talk about dodging lasers. I mean, I guess that's okay. I've shot lasers when playing Apex Legends and missed everybody as well. And I don't think the characters I was playing against had any kind of a super speed. I just was really bad at shooting and kept missing them with every single shot. So dodging lasers for a character like Hellboy is definitely not proof of any kind of a super speed. I've watched Hellboy fight. He's not necessarily much faster than anything else that he's fighting. He's just big and strong. Again, I think you're referencing the films, the live action version, not the comic version. And the comic books, yes. You've seen him fight stuff. You didn't read it. You, you saw him. Is that well, you okay. use the mind's eye with comic books, absolutely. <laughs> and obviously the movies are a depiction of what happens in comics, and he's not moving particularly fast there. I'm just glad that Hooked on Phonics thing found its way to you. You're okay. reading, Ray. That is a win. Congratulations. All right, Gina, listen. You've heard one point from both Ray and myself. Where's your head at so far with this battle? I'm going to say I-, I could I could argue the hell out of each of these. I don't get to. You know, my knee-jerk reaction is... is Right now, I'm I'm about fifty fifty because and and hopefully I'm not stepping on anyone's on anyone's uh future points here, but Jason's uh weakness is the same as Bruce Willis's in Unbreakable, which is water. That's that's how you defeat Jason. You drown him like a like the like when he was a little boy, he drowned. But also, he has fought a creature from hell and come out on top when he defeated uh yes. Freddy. So despite that one Freddy claw coming out of the out of the dirt at the end and then pulling his mask back down, Jason did come out on top in that. So I'm I'm 50 50 here. Uh, is there water in hell? Are they fighting in hell? And is there a big pool of water? Because then it could go either way. 
That's that's fair. That's fair. I think there'd be water there, right? People get thirsty. Seems a little unlikely based on what I've read. <laughs> Interesting points for our Judge Gina. We're kind of tied, which is normally how it goes. Ray, go ahead. See if you can pull ahead with this one with your point number two. Point number two for Jason Voorhees. I'm going to talk a little bit about his durability because this is where Jason, I think, is, in fact, much, much higher caliber than Hellboy. And you talk about the water being a weakness. You're exactly right. The thing about the water is it's very rarely used against him on purpose. You know, once he got chained to the bottom of the lake and got pulled down in one of his earlier movies, Freddy was able to probe into his mind, learn about the fear of water, then pull him into the dream world and attack him with water to incapacitate him. But these are not ways that I see Hellboy fighting. These are not powers I think Hellboy has. So therefore, I don't think the fear of water is probably going to come into it, most notably because Hellboy doesn't know about it. The big thing about the durability of Jason Voorhees is he will not die. This is a character who keeps coming back, and he doesn't just rely like Hellboy does on getting beat up really, really bad, having to take a step back, regenerate, and then come back again. He doesn't seem like he feels pain or takes damage as he's taking it. Seemingly, he is unfazed by every attack that has ever hit him. He barely even notices when terrible things happen. Who can forget in Freddy vs. Jason when Freddy cut off a couple of his fingers with his power claws, right? Jason had to, like, look. He looked, he was like, oh, I'm missing fingers now. He didn't even register in his mind that it had happened because he is a single-focused murder machine. Hellboy, to be fair, will get distracted. Hellboy will worry about other things happening around him, but Jason, when he's focused in on you, all he wants to do is kill you. The end. There's no getting distracted for Jason even when terrible things happen to him. He once, Jason once had an axe embedded in his head and just kept fighting as if nothing was happening. He, he can't break a bone, it turns out, as has been a, a relayed in, in one of the comic books. Physically, no matter how hard you hit him, no matter what impacts you hit him with, his bones will not break, which is, which is good because, you know, you don't want to take out his knee and then have him, you know, just be jelly-kneed walking around. That would not be good. He got hit 40-plus times by the aforementioned trained boxer Julius. And he just let him punch himself out and then one shot at him, like we said. And it started with Jason just deciding to take every single punch, taking slight steps backwards to make Julius come to him and waste his energy even more. And then finally, it got to the point Jason decided he wasn't going to get hit anymore and just slightly dodged to get out of the way of every single punch. We've seen Jason get hit in the eye, absolutely destroying his eyeball, and he's regened it so fast that it was back that scene. That's a level of regeneration that Hellboy just doesn't have. Hellboy's regeneration is good. Jason's is best. And that's a huge difference. And you mentioned fire and electricity not affecting Hellboy. Jason's been electrocuted like six times to no effect. He's been set on fire, didn't even notice. He's been shot repeatedly by groups of like SEAL Team 6, basically. And all the bullets just make impact sounds on him. And he walks through it and murders everybody. So I don't know what Hellboy can possibly do to even stop Jason. And when Jason gets in close, he's going to hurt Hellboy, who can be affected by combat damage like any normal person. He just regenerates after the fact. If you hit Hellboy with enough stuff, he's going to go down for more than two minutes, and that's a victory. Last things to talk about, he was hit with a power saw a couple of times by an opponent who knocked him out of a second-story window. The guy went downstairs to finish the job. Jason was waiting at the front door by the time he opened it. Jason beat him to the front door and killed him in one shot right there. That's the difference is, you know, uh, uh, Hellboy is a half demon, half man. Works against him. Jason is a former man turned into an undead demonic entity with regeneration. And I, I would argue his demonic powers are a little bit more than Hellboy's. And that's my point number two. I like that. His demonic or hellish powers are more powerful uh, than Hellboy's. Got it. Yeah. It's just funny. In the He's name named it. after it, but can't cut the mustard. Uh, someone's cutting the cheese in this one. All right, listen. Jason does go down. And by the way, I don't like seeing Jason go down. I'm one of those weird people who actually is cheering on Jason as he's doing what he's doing. And Jason, you know, takes Manhattan, whatever. I was like, I was loving it. I'm like, this is exactly, you know, what you need to see in cinema. But he does go down, unfortunately. And it takes him a while to come back. 
And in the who would win rules, we've already said, if, you, if you're down for more than two minutes, it's a win for your opponent. He's going to be down for way more than two minutes. It's happened before. It'll happen again. That's just something that happens to him. And also, it could just be a plot point, but so what? It's part of his character. Looking, we've seen him be defeated. We've seen him take damage. What we've really seen is that he doesn't have a lot of martial arts or fighting technique, which is interesting because when you're taking on someone who's more, you're more powerful than, you can rely on brute strength and those kind of tactics and what have you. And I'll bring this up in my point number two. That fight with Freddy, by the way, I loved it. It was really, really cool. And that was just more of like him being the juggernaut and coming at Freddy nonstop. This is going to be a slightly different fight. Let me get to what I'm trying to say in my point number two, where I'm going to talk about Hellboy's weapons, his abilities, and some of the opponents he's taken on. So Hellboy has a few different weapons on him at all times. Um, I kept reading this one. I was going back and forth. At one point, he was using the sword Excalibur really, really frequently, really well. But I just don't think this is something he's going to be bringing up or have handy. It's not like Excalibur's right there and he's going to grab it uh, and be able to pull it out of the stone. So I'm not bringing that up. Let's talk about the other stuff he's got. Hellboy often carries many charms and these magical knickknacks on his belt, which he often uses as either tools to resurrect the dead, protect him from his friends' evil entities, or cast some really low-level but really cool combative-related magic. That's really cool. And these will definitely come in handy in the fight. Hellboy is also almost always seen wearing a large and heavy jacket that reaches down you know, below his knees. And the pockets of this jacket are typically filled with many more charms and totems that I've already mentioned. This grants him like a lot more of that uh, paranormal protection. Um, it weakens the paranormal and the supernatural and the hellish denizens that come after him so that their power goes down. That helps him kind of fight them. That jacket's kind of like his magical utility belt, for lack of a better term. He's also got this really big pistol called the Good Samaritan, which is specially modified with bullets to combat supernatural beings. And it's said that a bullet of this weapon can hurt anything. Now, what's really interesting is a bullet from this weapon can actually hurt those creatures who supposedly can't be stopped and can't feel pain because it's magical in nature, supernatural in nature, and so powerful, it can hurt even those who supposedly can't be hurt. Really, really cool. He's got a big, huge right hand that doesn't, just doesn't match the, you know, the rest of his body, and that's called the right hand of doom. I love it. This is a large form and hand that's even made from red stone. Uh, it's, a, it's a substitute for his form that was cut off by his dad uh, when he was a little kid. That's kind of insane. And the hand is effectively uh, invulnerable. It feels no pain. It's much like a sledgehammer when used to punch an enemy. It actually enhances Hellboy's superhuman punches greatly, so he hits way harder with it. Uh, on top of that, he can use that as a shield. Literally just put that fist in front of him. It's a shield. A really cool thing to have. Now let's talk about his abilities. Fun fact, Hellboy has mastered all forms of Earth's martial arts and combat styles. That's according to the comic book character. He's got fast knowledge of the occult. Remember, this guy's been living, living for decades. He's got a lot of experience as a paranormal investigator. Gives him expertise in a folklore, magical rituals, the use of charms. He definitely could use magic in this fight. He's got all this knowledge of the supernatural. My whole point in saying that is because he's going to be able to see Jason and sense and realize and observe kind of what he's facing off against. Jason's not going to really understand what he's facing off against when it comes to Hellboy. But again, Hellboy's going to recognize Jason. On top of that, Hellboy's got a superhuman intellect. So yeah, he's super smart. He's also a master strategist. Check this out. Hellboy is listed as the best strategist on Earth. That's according to Dark Horse Comics. He can create the best plans, can improvise at genius level on the spot. I imagine that would work excessively well against a mindless or seemingly mindless opponent with like Jason, who likes to just kind of come forward. Let's talk about the opponents he's fought. This is where things are going to be really, really clear. Hellboy has fought and defeated a character called the Vampire of Prague, a super powerful vampire who was further empowered by you know magical and supernatural means. Hellboy fought him, took him out. He supposedly couldn't feel pain or whatever, took him out too. He's fought, and this is actually really cool. He's fought and beaten, I'm trying to read this properly, super powerful, cybernetic, and racist Super Nazi apes created by Nazi scientist Hermann van Klimt. And these apes were insanely powerful. They were durable and intelligent. By the way, did I mention they were very racist? Because they were. And Hellboy took them all out because that was what he does. He fought a character called Kamazots, the Mayan Bat God. Look, if you have a win over a Mayan Bat God, you're indeed a great fighter. Just putting that out there. But he fought and beat one character that really resembled Jason and the way Jason operates. But... He operated on a level that Jason only wished he could do. So, one of Hellboy's really interesting characters is called, I'm trying to pronounce this properly, Conchi the Deathless. And this is a character based off an actual figure from Slavic folklore. So, the story goes like this. Conchi is a slave of the Baba Yaga and is quite literally deathless 
as he cannot be killed due to his soul being separated from his body. So Kanchi is a master swordsman, master warrior, has super strength, literally cannot be killed, doesn't feel pain. He's thought to be unstoppable, and yet, and yet, Hellboy beat him twice. And just a reminder, Hellboy is described also to be as deathless as Koshai because Hellboy can't die unless he believes he should. And in this fight, he's not believing that. Look, I hate to say this, as great as Jason is, he's just not in the same league as Hellboy. That's my point number two. Very, very interesting. Now, I don't know a lot about this character, so I've got to do a little bit of catching up with that. But I have a lot about what you said right there that no. No, 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 no. You bring up Excalibur, then immediately discount it because good, because that's terrible. There's no prior knowledge in this matchup, which means as much as you think Hellboy knows about the occult, etc., he doesn't know anything about Jason Voorhees walking in the door, nor do I think he's going to have enough time to figure it out by the time Jason is slashing him to pieces, and I don't think that helps either. You mentioned J Jason. You pretend like Jason's some brainless, brain-dead, uh, come-at-you-with-no-plan. Jason, in at least five different occasions, cuts the power to the building before he goes inside. So Jason has a plan. Jason is a good improviser. Jason doesn't just come at you with a machete and that's it. Maybe that's the illusion of what people want to imagine, but we've seen Jason use tactics many, many times. And you brought up guns. Guns don't affect Jason Voorhees. If he gets hit by one of those bullets that causes him the slightest amount of pain, that's going to put him in a whole other mood quite honestly, and he's going to want to take out Hellboy real, real fast. And how many charms does you think Hellboy walks around normally, and how would they possibly help him here? I heard you say he has charms, they will help him. Didn't really hear any specifics there. So I would imagine that whole point should be discounted entirely until you actually give me something real and not imagined. And the last thing to bring up, he's wearing that big old jacket. That, to me, is a disadvantage. That's like the cape that Syndrome wore in The Incredibles. And that's going to get caught in something. That's going to be grabbed onto. That's bad news. Jason does not wear a cape. Point to Jason. Ray, do you ever eat, you know, that cereal, Lucky Charms? A uh, big fan of the Lucky Charms. How many charms are in Lucky Charms? There are seven, eight. Maybe nine, if it's a good box, right? Maybe nine. Do you know what to do with those charms when you see them? Fine. He has a horseshoe. He has a red balloon. None of this is going to help him, James. But you know what to do when you see those charms. You instinctively eat them. That's the right thing to do. I'm just saying Hellboy knows instinctively what to do with his set of lucky charms that he has on him. If you can do it, Hellboy can do it. That's all I'm saying. All right, listen. Gina, we are at what is called the turning point, where after hearing two points from Ray and myself, you will tell us who is ahead and what the other side has to do to win. But... Before we get to what Gina has to say, let's celebrate the Hoodwin Patron of the Week. Every week, we choose one of our amazing members of the Hoodwin Show's Patreon community and put them in a battle. Ray, which patron do we have today? Today, we are going to be going with, let's see here, so many good patrons here. We're going to pick Jacob this week. Known as Jacob, I believe he's from Central Michigan, Fire Up Chips. I want to be a part of whatever Jacob's doing. Jacob, today's your day in the hot seat. Ooh, I'm very familiar with Jacob. Okay, we got to give him an opponent that's worthy of what he is. Let's have Jacob go up against Kirby. Jacob versus Kirby. Now, Kirby is known as one of the most powerful video game characters. He's traditionally ranked in the top five all-time powerful video game characters. When you repped him, James, it probably would have helped you to do the slightest modicum of research, and you would have known it and maybe won that battle that I won correctly, might I add. Now, Kirby's going to try to inhale, and when you inhale somebody... Uh, you're gonna, he's going to ingest them. He's going to take in their power. And that's where it's going to be very, very difficult because a lot of people don't know this. Jacob's power is to explode himself. Oh my he gosh. can explode himself at any given time that he wants to and then later reform. So Kirby's going to inhale Jacob just like he does. Jacob's going to let it happen because he knows what Kirby's deal is. He has prior knowledge, unlike a who would win battle. Kirby's going to get it. He's going to want to try out the power. He's going to explode into lovely pink dots all over the entire countryside. Millions of them. They're going to slowly start coming together. But right at the middle of that explosion is Jacob unharmed. And over two minutes go by before Kirby can reform. Jacob, you win by using Kirby's powers against him. Brilliant. Well done, Jacob. Now, remember, you two can become a celebrated patron of the week. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash show and sign up, and you may be featured in an upcoming episode of Who Would Win. Gina, look, you've had a moment to ponder two points from both Ray and myself. Who do you think is ahead, and what does the other side have to do to pull out the victory? 
I mean, here's the thing. Uh, I know this is the point of the show, but you have a hero who's obviously going to win more times in his own media uh, than not versus a villain who has to always lose somehow at the end of his movies. So it's a little bit stacked towards towards the hero, obviously. I will say I agree that Jason can regenerate faster but I, I also think that Hellraiser has more tricks up his sleeve and is probably stronger. I have to say I was leaning more towards Hellboy until James did not know the proper term for a duster and kept calling it a jacket that goes below your knees, which enraged me. <laughs> so I docked a couple points for that. That's fair. Uh, but he, he, here's the thing. I I'm leaning Hellboy at this point because I do think he's smarter, he's faster, Jason is dumber and slower. I I think that if Jason can can since he can regenerate faster, he can pull it out. At this point, I want to hear less about physicality uh and more about what else is going into this because I think physically they're pretty evenly matched. So now I want now I want to find out what's their Batman versus Superman. Uh, mm. What are they what are they pulling out of the deck here that's going to tip things in their favor that has nothing to do with physicality, how strong they are. So what do you got for me? Ooh, OK, OK, now, Jimmy, I like you, you did ahead, make a point there about heroes and villains. And yes, at the end of this two hour movie, Hellboy would find a way to beat Jason. But that's not what we're arguing. We're arguing that first fight between them, which almost universally goes towards the villain as he takes down the hero, thus creating the struggle to come back. So consider this. We're not talking about the end of the movie. We're talking about the end of Act 1. Or it's where the hero takes on something he wasn't expecting, narrowly overcomes that obstacle, this time being Jason, because now he realizes there's a much bigger threat down the road. I don't but know. Sadly, just... doesn't live to see it. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. All right. <laughs> Race to Canis. It all comes down to this. Hit us with your point number three. Point number three for Jason. Let's just talk about his tactics and things he does. It almost plays right into what Gina just talked. How crazy is that? Now, one of the things Jason, upon researching him, he has a surprising amount of speed. He will, you know, he looks like a big lumbering oaf who's only walking after you. And then you fall down over that branch and he's standing right behind you. This is a guy who can be very, very fast. He's been said to move faster than the eye can see in order to move around the ship, in order to get in front of people. In Friday the 13th Part 8, a guy was on one side of the ship and dead sprinted to the other side, and Jason was right there waiting for him. He also can dodge when he wants to. If he thinks the attack is going to actually do damage in some way, he does a really good step aside and lets the person swing past him and then counters like no character you could possibly see. And one of the big tactics that he's known for, and I've talked about it in the past, slasher portation. This is a, especially an 80s horror movie monster ability to teleport wherever he needs to do to get a surprise attack on the person that he is facing. And this is how it's also been argued. He's way off in the distance. I'm running the other direction. Suddenly he's behind a tree that's in front of me and he reaches out with his machete and stabs through me. How does he do that? He has the ability to teleport behind people or behind objects to surprise them whenever the heck he wants to in order to land his kills. Um, look, Hellboy's great, but if Jason keeps appearing behind him, putting him through with the machete, lifting him up in the air, and then cutting him in half, Hellboy's not going to be able to keep coming back from the standard tactic that Jason brings. And Jason also, master of stealth. You don't think about this often, but people who are actively looking for Jason, entire squads of police officers, can't find him. They need Tommy Lee Jones to search every outhouse in town, but they still cannot find Jason Voorhees, who's a big homicidal maniac. He also moves completely silently at times when he wants to. You've heard it in the movies. Nobody ever seems to hear him coming because he has the ability to deaden the sound around him to go for the kill. And how many times have we seen somebody seemingly perfectly fine? Nothing around him. We've seen the wide view. Next shot, shot from behind, machete to the face. I remember a guy in a wheelchair, unfortunately, taking it that way once in a movie. <laughs> Had no chance to see it coming and was hit with a kill shot immediately. Hellboy taking a kill shot of a machete through at least three quarters of his head 
That's going to take more than two minutes to come back from as we establish normal attacks do hurt him. We've also seen, we've also seen Jason disarm somebody, grab their arm when they were trying to shoot at him with a gun, turn and use that gun against other people in the comic books. Jason, with his enormous grip and strength I mentioned earlier, could grab the hand of Hellboy, who's using that very powerful demon-crushing gun, turn it against him, turn his wrist, break his wrist, and then use the gun to just shoot Hellboy a bunch of times. We've seen him do it in the comic books. Look, he's beaten squads of mercenary groups, special forces units, police officers. He has a win over Freddy Krueger on film that we have seen straight out beat him in a one-to-one type of battle walked off with his head uh, uh, in his hand. Not just that, and let's get crazy with the time I have left. He can possess people if he needs to. In that opus, Friday the 13th, part nine, Jason goes to hell. He established that he can use his spiritual powers to take over other people. So yes, if he starts to somehow be in trouble in this battle, he could possess somebody else near the battlefield, use them for a while till his body regenerates and go back in if he needed to. Heck, what's stopping him from, from possessing Hellboy? Possessing Hellboy and walking around as Hellboy, that's a win as far as I can tell. And finally, with what limited time I have, Uber Jason. In Jason X, the best Friday the 13th movie, he was turned into Uber Jason by nanobots. He was given nanobot technologies, like a character named Bloodshot from Valiant Comics, which enhance his cells, repair cell damage, increase his strength, increase his intelligence, increase every physical attribute he has. This led to him one-shotting combat androids effectively T-800 Terminators. He was able to one-shot them and take them out. And finally, he got ejected from the spaceship at the end of the movie, landed from space down to Earth, and was fine. It's assumed by the nature of the ending, he's just going to walk around and keep going as Uber Jason at that point. Many novels were written about it, in fact, so we know that it did happen. At the end of the day, Jason's the one with too many tricks, too many tactics. And too many dirty things Hellboy will not be ready for, not to mention an enhanced Uber Jason form. Jason has this in the bag, and that's my point number three. Well, I got good news and bad news. Let me go over the good news, Ray. I actually agree with you that uh, slash reportation, if that is the word, is definitely something he can do. It's Let's just say it makes him more intriguing. It makes him a more interesting character. And I think that actually adds to the fight more than anything. He's definitely a master of stealth, uh, unwittingly a master of stealth. I think it's more of a talent than a skill. Whatever works. But... Hellboy is skilled at being stealthy. He's got this insane combat training. Remember, he's mastered every form of martial arts on Earth, and he's super powerful. But let me kind of push back on a couple of things. First of all, um, Hellboy can't be possessed. That's because of his demonic nature and also because of the charms he has on him. That's already been documented. On top of that, Hellboy, let's talk about his durability. If something can actually pierce his skin, because he does face super powerful and supernatural beings, you know, if something can actually pierce something, he got uh, harpooned by this huge mast of whatever it was, got right through his chest, and he just looked at him and said, that's cute, pulled it out, healed with it, and then hit the guy with it. Pretty awesome thing. And finally, Jason X, here's the thing. All the comic books, what is canonical to the character is that he did burn up on entry. That heat absolutely took him out, which, by the way, is insane heat when you re-enter the Earth's orbit, but it's definitely something that took him out. You'll understand why that's a point, or a very important point for my point number three. Let's talk about Jason's weaknesses, his losses, and Hellboy's ultimate power. So, Jason's got a few weaknesses. I hate to say it because I love this character. So, unlike Hellboy, Jason's just not a great fighter. He's not even a good fighter. Look, he's a big lumbering guy. He can take punishment like no one's business, but he doesn't have any good fighting technique. In fact, he'll actively not dodge stuff as evidenced by taking on that boxer. And look, and if MMA's taught us anything, it's that the person who does have, we can keep everything equal, two equally sized people, and give one extra really good technique, fighting technique, what Hellboy has, they're coming out on top. History has told this time and time again. Here's another one. Jason's easily fooled. I already mentioned this. He got fooled by that young teenage woman who went into wherever his dead mom's head was, put on her old gray hoodie, and then pretended to be her to get Jason, someone who was already following her, trying to kill her for minutes, to make her think, make him think, oh wait, that could be my mom talking to me all of a sudden. He drops his guard, with which she then takes that machete and puts it into her into his head. Again, easily fooled, something can be outmaneuvered. I hate to say it, but that's something Hellboy can do to someone really, really well. Now let's talk about Jason's losses. Again, Jason lost to that teenager at camp who pretended to be his mom. That is horrible enough. It's not as bad as the fact that he lost to Corey Feldman. Yeah, Corey Feldman, who shaved his head in this one movie. I think it was Jason uh, Halloween 4, I think. And he shaved his head, 
and stop Jason's tracks by pretending to be a younger little kid version of Jason, right? So Jason literally was stopped in his tracks because he was so confused by all of this that allowed for Corey Feldman, who again, shaved his head, didn't even shave it. There's still tufts of hair sticking out of his head to bring his guard down. And when his guard was down, he looked away, then hit Jason with an ax. And then when Jason went down, he kept hitting with the ax, taking him out. Corey Feldman has a win over Jason Voorhees. By the way, I'm a huge fan of Corey Feldman. I'm not trying to dismiss that. I'm just trying to say, as great as Corey Feldman is, he's not Hellboy. Just putting that all up there. Okay, look. Let's get to the real point of here. Hellboy has a Super Saiyan ultimate form, which is now a mainstay thing in his comic books. We saw it in one of the films. He's been doing it in comic books forever. Just like many other characters, Hellboy has that power up. He calls it the demonic transformation. So in this form, Hellboy becomes visually even more demonic. Remember, he's got two stubs where his horns were. Well, because he took them off because he wanted to appear more human. Well, in this form, all of a sudden, the horns come back. He gets his crown of fire. Uh, in this form, he actually can transform at will. Hellboy's, you know, goes insanely powerful, gets way stronger, way more durable. Uh, he grows wings, can fly. He just becomes this more pure demon-looking creature. Just saying, this is where he's going with this. In this form, he gets a massive power-up on top of the strength and durability. He can shift his suck. Sorry, he can shift his size. He increases his size to become the size of a kaiju or leviathan, Godzilla-sized monster. It's crazy. He's got hellfire manipulation. Yeah, he literally has the power to control the fires of hell. So with the power of hellfire, he can create these uh, super powerful, they're called devastating infernos from his hands. It's like he's shooting out energy weapons, but it's hellfire from his hands and his body. This stuff can burn anything, literally burn anything. Why? Because it doesn't obey normal physics. This thing will burn Jason just as he got burned on re-entry now just make this even weird he's got electrokinesis where he has the power to command lightning and strike people when the lightning comes from the sky he'll just command it to hit jason over and over he can fly which means now hellboy can shoot his gun his hellfire command lightning attack any way he wants from a far off distance giving a better range of attack how is jason going to hit hellboy who's once he's up in the air and here's my favorite power though turns out in this form Hellboy can control all creatures and beings associated with hell why because as the reigning God or king of hell, whatever that transformation is, this is something he's destined to do. He's destined to take all the denizens, anyone's connected with a demon from hell, anything that's hellish in its form, and bring it to earth and take over and destroy the earth. There's a good chance that in this form, this demonic transformation, Hellboy can actually control Jason because as far as I can tell, Jason's controlled or at least associated some hellish type of demon or creature, what have you. So look, these, this is all on top of all the additional stuff he's already got. His weapons, his powers, his intellect, his strategy, his tactics, his fighting experience. This is an absolutely insanely powerful version of Hellboy just like Jason has Jason X. But in this case, Hellboy has all the tools to pull out the win. That's why Hellboy loses. That's why Jason wins. That's my point number three. Thank you for keeping that under 22 <laughs> minutes, James. You're slightly getting better these days. Now, a couple of things to point out. One, he was tricked with prior knowledge in Friday the 13th Part 2 when the girl tried to be his mother because she knew about his mother. Hellboy wouldn't know this. The other time you're talking about with Corey Feldman was Part 4. This is all human Jason before he ascended to demonhood and uber Jason. He never got tricked again after turning into a demon. Uh, actually, he's the one who tricked others in part nine, pretending to be other people. And let's talk about Hellboy's biggest weakness is he is short-tempered. It's a thing that I, I can't believe you haven't mentioned, James. He gets frustrated very, very easily and blows his tactics, loses his form very, very easily in battle. And what would, what would hurt his ego? What would frustrate a short-tempered character like Hellboy more than laying into a guy like Jason Voorhees and nothing happening? And he just keeps coming at him He's going to start getting frustrated. He is short-tempered. He's going to start losing his form, and he's going to go down. At the end of the day, uh, this version you brought up, this uber-powered one, that was like one short storyline, and he reverted afterwards. So I mean, he's not even that character anymore, unlike Uber Jason, which is the latest version in the timeline of Jason existing. He never went back from Uber Jason after the Uber Jason form. I think mine has a little bit more cred than your attempts do right there at least you didn't try to use excalibur my point i'm trying to make is the tactics how can jason possibly close the distance with with hellboy well you said it slash reportation he's going to be shooting him from a distance barely able to see him and he's going to go out of view hellboy's going to be like i don't know i'm on this ridge i'm shooting i i lost track of him next thing you know hellboy 
cuts his head off from behind, machete into the face, cuts him in half like he does other people, and he's going to tear down Hellboy. Will it kill him? No. Will he walk off with his head, thus preventing regeneration for a while, at least two minutes? Yes. And that's why Jason is going to win this battle. Tactics. Okay. All right. Listen, that's all interesting stuff. We are now at the moment of truth. Gina, it's time for you to make a decision. Take us through your process. Tell us the story, if you will, and reveal who you think wins this battle between Jason and Hellboy. Okay, so at first I started thinking of, uh, I think both of you brought up this point, but the fact that Jason has mostly faced uh, faced off against teenagers, whereas Hellboy has faced off against the uh, legions of hell, if you will. So, I, you know, I think one of them one of them has had an easier an easier battle time. Freddy Krueger, Ash from Army of Darkness, entire special forces units. I mean, I've said all these things. Yes, uh, but a majority of the 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 beings that he has fought are teenagers, whereas the majority of of the beings that Hellboy has fought are other fighters. That being said. I uh, I forgot all about Jason's possession technique. Uh, when I was in high school, I watched all of the Jason movies in a row, the ones that the ones that were were made, and that was a point that I forgot. I do like the fact that he's a master of stealth. That's that's usually what I go for with my D and D characters. They're very stealthy, so I appreciate stealth. But you know, like Hellboy has a ton of tricks up his sleeve, where, whereas Jason only has a couple. I will say that my my decision here came down to two things, two main points. There is a Jason movie. I cannot remember which one it is. Ray, maybe you remember where there is a character that is startled by Jason uh, uh, while sleeping in their sleeping bag and decides is truly in stupid fashion to go deeper down into their sleeping bag. And then Jason grabs the mouth of the sleeping bag and slams the sleeping bag against a tree. And you hear a truly awesome spine crack. And that is the end of that dude. The long jacket, as James called it earlier, reminds me a lot of a sleeping bag. Ray even pointed it out that it might be used against him. And also the fact that Ray brought up that this isn't an end battle. This is a beginning battle of who's going to win at the end of Act One. And at the end of Act One of a movie in Jason versus Hellboy, I've got to give it to Jason. Thank you. Oh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Listen, I'm such a fan of your writing, but I got to tell you, I completely (laughs) disagree. I like how you told it, by the way, but I completely disagree with your judgment, Gina, which I don't think you find surprising at all. I, I don't. I would be shocked if <laughs> I, I, great I, mean, is I don't remember the specific movie he did that original sleeping bag thing is, but they did bring it back in Jason X yeah. when they put him in the holodeck. Love it. Love and, it. and it's one of, you know, you shouldn't laugh because it's so horrifying, but it's so horrifying you have to laugh. Oh, I yeah. giggled insanely when I saw that in theaters. Yes. I saw Jason X in theaters by myself. Oh, Can yeah. You I, saw, I saw Freddy versus Jason in theaters twice. I saw it just once, but I did see it because <laughs> it was a masterpiece. Yeah. So the demon transformation that he's done all the time in comic books, the fact he controlled creatures from hell. Guess that's but but the fact Jason couldn't slam someone in a sleeping bag. I mean, I mean, if you're gonna, if you're, if you're gonna choose a stupid, a stupid attire for battle, then you know you deserve to get slammed against it. He looks good in it, I think. (laughs) I don't even know if he's wearing anything underneath it, so I kind of prefer it. You know what? But that's all right. All right, listen, Gina. You know I disagree 100% with your decision, but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I respect you as a judge, and I love the way you kind of laid it out until the end when you said Ray was the winner. And the real, (laughs) the real bad part about this is now I still have not gotten my four wins in a row. Sorry, Legion of Audience, our faithful fan base. I've been getting hit up, which is true, from so many people saying, get this fourth win, get this fourth win, because then Samurai Jack would have come on, but yet again, it has eluded me today. Congratulations, Race to Canis. Gina, you're awesome. Gotta disagree, but again, you're too awesome. I can't say anything bad about you. All right, with that being said, Gina, tell everyone where they can find you online. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Gina Ippy or on Instagram at Gina Ippy. My Facebook is for friends and family, so don't don't friend request me there or else I'm going to have to send a message to Ray saying, who's this weirdo? She will. (laughs) 
That's fair. You can just say no, by the way. Um, all right. Race to Canis. Congratulations. Don't agree with this win at all. I think our fan base is going to kind of take my side on this one, but that's okay. I'll come back. Just like I've been there before, I will get that four wins in a row. At least Santa Claus is undefeated. Tell everyone where they can find you online. What I would say first off is I'm so glad that one time, six years ago, I fed Gina's cats when she was on vacation. <laughs> This was a razor, a razor edge type of a battle that could have legitimately gone either way. I, I disagree with uh, some of the things that Gina said in her final rebuttal, uh, that Jason only kills teenagers. I'm sorry, Gina, to break up your flow. I said mainly. I said yeah. mainly. He does like to kill him a teenager or 13. You are correct in that. But I, 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 I felt concerned in that moment that you had forgotten about half the things I said. So I can only apologize to you in this moment because you did end up making the correct and proper logical decision based on the points that we made. Wow. All right. Ray, tell us where we can find you online. You can find me online at Almighty Ray. We're going to celebrate this one real hard. This was an uphill battle. I was losing at the turning point with a judge who wants nothing more than see me burn in flames like I was fighting Hellboy with Excalibur. We were facing two characters who really, really wanted it, and we were facing James. Facing James with three in a row, which, as I told you up top, he crumbles when the pressure is at its most great. That's why I've won four in a row. That's why James will never win four in a row. You can take your Samurai Jacks of the world, and you can punt them 13 seasons down the road. We will never, mark my words, we will never see Samurai Jack on this show ever. Again, you can find me at Almighty Ray to tell me how much you agree with me and my opinions. Yeah, I look forward to all the hate tweets I'm going to get for this one. Maybe you'll have some people who agree. No, no one's going to agree with you at all, by the way. They're just going to completely. <laughs> Everyone yeah. will agree this is Shocktober. And after the end of Act One, Jason is never defeated. This was a brilliant decision. Gina, I speak for all the Who Would Win fans in the world <laughs> when I say, great job. Now I regret my decision. We all do. We all do. All right. Uh, you can find me. Sorry. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gads. You remember to join the official Who Would Win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. On behalf of myself, Ray Cicadis, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. Hey gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash show right now. Okay, gotta prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You gotta sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's Breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.